Huzzah! Happy 2021. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. I'm this guy's parole officer, Jason Smith. I knew it was going to be at my expense. Hey, listen, just so you guys know, real quick, before we get started and tell you what the show is, I just want to let you know that's the exact same song that this version of Cliff Dorfman plays in his uh, his white van converted into an ice cream cu- ice cream uh, truck when he drives down the street. This is going to go on all, all all show, folks. But so, so before we before we continue leaning in to my mustache, what are we, Jason? We're the show that uh, that watches shows and and wants to talk about shows that we love and we want you to love. And we will tell you all about the streaming wars, what the stream, and where to stream it. Now, for those of you who are, I'm sorry, Jason, I'm going to just let people know, who are just listening and not here on the live version with our Stuck at Homies, I have decided for 2021 that I, as I was shaving off my beard, my son was like, Dad, leave the mustache. You look like Johnny Depp. I'm like, or a porn star or a pedophile. So either way, let's have a good time. But I have a mustache and I have the hanging curl in my, the Clark Kent hanging curl. Go. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, you know, speaking of, like, you look like uh, you're at a, like, a cosplay event, but where you're going to be swinging, it's like if, 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 if Clark Kent came to, like, a swingers club, right? And he's like, listen, I'm going undercover, but couldn't get the Superman curl out of his head. Kind of so looks just, like that. Just grew a stash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a weird sort of way, though, because you have the microphone in front of you, you also have, like, a hipster, uh, I know I'm Beard of Wisdom's going. I was going to do it last night, but we got a little bit busy with some stuff. <laughs> Uh, but I was going to say, like, because you also look like like the perfect hipster. Like, you're like, hey, welcome to Morning Becomes Eclectic. I'm your new host, Cliff Dorfman. And I just have to say, I was so excited to see Lil Wayne yesterday. He really got busy. I was just so excited. Porn star, Dan Eisen says. And by the way, Nancy, serial look? Really? Serial look? Am I killing people or am I just repeating the same thing over and over in a continuous storyline? I mean, it's Cliff, and um, I just have a question. What do we remember? What do we remember and what do we forget? If you saw murder, would you remember everything? The face? The color of the snow? What You're was good at this. You're good at either. You sound like the hipster. I mean, you are, good, you are very good at this because I don't have that kind of calm in my whole body. I don't know where that exists, but I have a mustache. And and really, I feel like I, I kept it for comedy gold. Yeah, so, I wanted to give you oh, as I, much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Like, And I'm glad because, you know what? Yeah. They might not make another Pirates of the Caribbean right away, but when they do, you're ready to go. You can be standing. Bold. Yeah, bet you could do a stand in. I wasn't even thinking for Johnny, just like any any pirate on there, like or any of the good guys too. And and by the way, folks, stick around because this is not gonna stop. No. <laughs> this is not this is not gonna stop. And 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 by the way, we have a return guest, one of our uh, dear friends and uh, recurring guests uh, today. And we're gonna talk about that show. Have you watched it? This show Bridget- I have watched Bridgerton? Bridgerton, yes. Well, you can't not watch Bridgerton, right? Like it is the thing I I was actually going to do a little joke in my um in my little uh, thing to let everybody know that the show was going on today first one of 2021 and I was going to say the the biggest show on Netflix Cobra Kai I mean Bridgerton because the truth is it's Bridgerton it's and not Cobra Kai right it, it is Bridgerton well, they they fight back and forth you know the boys and the girls fight a little bit so every once in a while it goes back to the other one but you know right but Bridgerton is don't really worry, Cliff. all edgy. of them are young don't worry Cliff's mustache they're all young. <laughs> 
All After this, I have to walk around Calabasas and uh, <laughs> knock on doors and disclose. Right. Well, you know what? What's beautiful about it is if you actually, if you hit Calabasas and you hit Justin Bieber's house, you can guys just kind of split share mustache stories. Yeah, but Justin Bieber's too old now. He was cute when he was young. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he has that same mustache right now. So you guys could just be like Bieber does. Yeah. Oh, Bieber. Oh, I'm said. I'll get a picture. I'll get it uploaded. Oh, you know, I don't watch any. I know nothing of current events. But Bieber's got the stash. Yeah. Come on. Don't be jealous then. Oh, oh no. Also, you guys, you guys could go. <laughs> you could guys could go. Um, Paint the uh, middle school red. Um, kinds of stashes. Let me let me download this for you. Where's Billie Eilish? <laughs> Someone get Billie Eilish on the phone. Oh, that's so funny. Here, here, hold on, real quick, and then we're because we, I really want to get. Feel like it makes my really teeth quick. bigger. <laughs> that's because you oh. look you. That because you automatically turn into a big bad wolf. It's terrible. Okay, go on. <laughs> what are you showing? Oh, that's Bieber with the Bieber stash. With his Dude, I might dye my hair white. Is that gray or white? What is it's that? It's like a bright blonde. That's like a bleach blonde. And he's wearing the chain with the white T-shirt, which actually kind of just like, it, he he probably doesn't drive the band, but he would gladly ride shotgun in it. He's not the alpha. I'm the alpha. He's, he's my, the alpha. yeah, he's my, alpha, yeah, he's, he's my beta. Yeah, he's my beta. Yeah, he's my beta. I'm telling him, I'm like, go get her. <laughs> he's like, okay, Cliff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Then you'll tell me I'm cool. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Just tell me, baby, 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 it's about me. Our first guest of the new year, I am so excited because we've gotten a chance to meet uh, meet her uh, uh, a few times. We got to have her on the show, but we also, I got to be on their show. Yes, must um, watch, must watch Netflix edition. Please listen called- to that podcast. And Jean has a blue check on all social media, a Hollywood reporter, right? She's a writer. She's yep. a journalist. She's an all-around all around uh, entertainment expert. Yep. She contributes for the Rotten Tomatoes. Jean Bentley, everybody. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Welcome back to the show, Jean. Happy 2021. You want to start off with a mustache joke or are you good? I, don't know, Jean, I, just to, I just want to let you know I'm here. Even though you guys are the only two on the screen, I'm here paying attention. So don't worry. You're not alone. Oh, yeah, you should feel so safe. Stranger danger. Listen, I feel like I had so much time to tee up a new mustache joke, and I came up blank, and I'm you so got sorry. I'm ashamed. Right, listen, I'm ashamed. If you come up with anything, feel free to pepper it in as we move through the uh, our, our conversation. Wonderful. So, happy 2021, and you are- Or, or uh, feel free of, just to get the pepper spray ready. <laughs> you see, if you don't have one, Jason's got a bunch. Exactly. He's got them in the chamber. He's ready to go. I'll just pause. He can just- yeah, believe me, Jason's going to egg my house just because he thinks I'm a sex offender now. This is what's going to happen. I saw the movie so, Happiness. So, Todd Solins, that's just a disturbing movie. Fuck off. Hi, Gene. Welcome Hi. back to the show. So you're out of state, right? You have, you're you not in L.A. or you are? I'm not in L.A. I am currently in Philadelphia where I've been for the past five weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, How's it cold. going? It's cold, yeah. you know? <laughs> not that I go outside. Like, what is there to do? It's COVID. But no, there's nothing cold. to do. Right. Yeah. You're not going to parties or no, not traveling. No, I'm just eating soft pretzels and like going to Wawa. I don't know. <laughs> okay. okay, good. So then let's 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 dive in to the show Bridgerton. Now, first of all, this creator is not Shonda Rhimes. A lot of people are confusing this and thinking because it's Shonda Land that it's Shonda Rhimes, but it's Chris something, right? The the creator of the show? Yeah. So Chris Van Dusen was a writer on Grey's Anatomy and a 
producer on Scandal. And so he is the one who actually kind of created and was the showrunner of Bridgerton. But it is from the mind of Shonda Rhimes. And he did... um, she did approach him with the idea to do it. She just kind of deputized him to, to be in charge of it. So it, it, it Shonda definitely, it has a Shonda Rhimes fingerprint all over it, but, but he's the one who actually ushered it to screen. But is it, is it, is it based on a book? So it is based on a series of romance novels that were first published in 2000. So 20 years ago, if you want to just feel really old, think about uh, what you were doing in 2000. I mean, that was 20 years ago. But uh, let me ask you something. Do you know off chance if this is a an alloy book series like uh, Gossip Girl was? You know what? It's not. It is. It is like a traditional romance. Wow. It is, it is a romance series. There are eight books, and they're all about the Bridgerton family and their eight siblings in Regency era London and. By romance, I mean like steamy, steamy, steamy stuff. There, there's some explicit content in these books, and also on the show. Oh, they're using words like burgeoning and and blistering hot, and you know, steamy nipples. Things like that are going yeah. on in the novels. Oh, stop. that's actually the name of his uh, ice cream truck is actually called the Steamy Nipples. <laughs> uh, it's written on the back on his uh, his li- around the license plate. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't even try to hide it. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even going for double entendres. I'm just going right in for the kill. Okay. Fuck I'll off. double your entendre. <laughs> it's not going to stop. I hope you're ready. No, Jim. I know it's, it's really not going to get better when we start no, talking no, worse, about worse, what worse, happens worse, in the show. Worse, no. <laughs> worse, worse, worse. But let's, let's start talking. But first of all, before I start talking about what happens in the show, um, I, I think it's important to bring out that this is Gossip Girl. Yeah. Has anyone said this or am I the first one saying no, this? No, it's definitely <laughs> Gossip Girl. In the 1800s. Yeah, exactly. Like Jane Austen Gossip Girl, essentially. Yes, Absolutely. Right. And no one cares that it's completely ripped off, right? Like, no one cares that the structure is ripped off. There's one girl returning, and she's going to be the one who gets married. Instead of returning on the LIRR and coming back to the school, she's going in front of the queen. You know what? I'm really impressed by your knowledge of Gossip Girl in general. The best. The best. (laughs) I am obsessed with Gossip Girl. Listen, you know, it's sort of like that, but, but the Gossip Girl part of it, like on the show, is just that there's a... In, in this case, it's not like a blog. It's a it's a gossip column that gets distributed and the show is narrated by the anonymous uh, writer of, of it. Yeah. So he, on the show, it's uh, voiced by Julie Andrews. Oh, that's um, what I mean. Julie so Andrews, Jane they, Fonda. Yeah, yeah. I get it right. I mean, same, right? <laughs> same thing. Um, but yeah, it, listen, structurally, yes, they're very similar, but um, Bridgerton is uh, way racier Gossip Girl was on, you know, network WB. television. Yeah, this is streaming. There is nudity <laughs> and there are full-on sex montages. That is what you get from Bridgerton. You do. You get this. What are you going to say, Jess? No, I was just going to say, you had me at sex montages. But also, <laughs> um, for everybody out there who maybe hasn't seen um, the show, can you guys do a quick, like, we know what it's like, but what is it? Like, uh, give me a breakdown of the the, the show. Come please. on, Gene. Yeah. Well, listen, so as you said, there is a girl who is, instead of coming back uh, via the LARR into New York City, so Mm -hmm. it's, she is having her first season basically like 
on the market for marriage, which is definitely problematic in and of itself. Like yeah. girls of a certain age are ushered into like market and then they meet their potential suitors and then get whittled down into, you know, who they think will marry. Well, nothing because they yeah. have no voice. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. But what happens is that she meets this guy who turns out to be a duke um, truly one of the most beautiful specimens of humanity. I just need to. Oh, that guy is gorgeous. So hot. Guys, <laughs> the dude is gorgeous. It's yeah. it, it's embarrassing how good looking yeah. this guy is. It's and then he's got the English accent to top it off, you know, with all the yeah. Victorian clothes. He's like, basically he's like GQ of 1830s with an English accent and the best looking dude you've seen, like strapping. I'm, 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 I'm bothered by it. He's so good looking. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. incredibly good looking. And then for some reason, this girl is like, I don't like him. And you're like, what? Yeah. You have eyes, ma'am, don't you? But, you know, anyway, they they kind of have this, they start a courtship. Well, well uh, wait, Jean, let's bring okay, in that it's her sorry. brother's, the Duke is her brother's yes. best friend. It's her brother's best friend, her older brother. Who's um, way overprotective, like creepy. Yeah, kind of. like really just cock blocking her the entire time. <laughs> but it me. is about, it's a love story. It's about this girl who's on her yeah. first season of coming out in the court in the 1800s mm-hmm. in London. And she is being pushed to find someone to marry, to merge their fortunes. She's got a very large dowry. And now they say she wants to be left alone. And the Duke wants to be left alone, who's got a very troubling past. And they both say, as we say in Yiddish, Scheinfatik, with all this nonsense, we're going to make an alliance like on Survivor. And I'll pretend to like you, you'll pretend to like me. And then everyone will leave us alone, including the Gossip Girl columnist, who is Julie Andrews. Yes. And then guess what? Spoiler alert, but not really spoiler alert. They fall in love. They do. They fall in love. They fall in love. And then proceed to the sex montages, uh, which are all orchestrated by uh, orchestral versions of modern pop songs. Okay. They're not like, raw. I was thinking they were sex montages and they were all to Eye of the Tiger. Um. <laughs> Honestly, that would fit. That would fit an orchestral not- Eye of the Tiger. And it is fully just montage of like different locations in their like English countryside manner. Mm. Um, just banging. Oh, how great. <laughs> How great are the locations? Do you know where they shot? Did they shoot this in London? Yeah, they filmed it in the UK. Uh, I think that some of the scenes were on location at a beautiful manner and then some were, uh, you know, on stages. But they definitely shot in the UK. They definitely have, like, really gorgeous uh, costumes. And, yeah, it's it's really, really beautiful. It's a love story. But then, of course, you also have all of the goings-on of society. And guess what? Society then was just as, like, catty as it is now. Mm -hmm. And um, there are eight Bridgerton siblings. And so the oldest one is, like, the angry uh, older brother who's, like, preventing his... Oh, my God. uh, Cliff, where'd you go? (laughs) I know, right? I'm now Clark Kent. (laughs) Yeah, so the the angry... Yeah, oh, my God. So wait, so let's just get through this. So Rege Jean Jean Page is Simon Bassett, right? Is that is that how you pronounce it? And then the um Phoebe Donovor? Yeah, Phoebe is uh Daphne, who's the main character. And then you have like the oldest overprotective brother who's really screwing this opera singer on the side. He's great, by the way. He's He's so so good. good. Is that Luke Newton or is that Jonathan Bailey? Do you know? Jonathan Bailey and I was just spiraling on ideas of him. Because he does musical theater, that's fine. Um, 
And then the second oldest brother, he's like, you you kind of can't tell that there are two older brothers because they kind of look the same, but then they get a new storyline. So the second older brother's like into art and he goes to these like underground art orgies in London. It's <laughs> fantastic, isn't it? I mean, this is like yeah. really TVMA. Yeah. No, oh, it, it is. It's basically all of the like sex scenes that they would have wanted to do on Scandal, but this time they don't have to cut or artfully. <laughs> So they don't show like thrusting. There's, there's a lot of thrusting. <laughs> well, what I think Chris did in this as a creator, because it's not, it's based on the books, but he's still, you know, as his developer and creator, he's a, an excellent writer. The, the repartee between the characters and all the women's voices. I mean, I know he's not writing every episode, but if there feels like there's a complete consistency within the writing and the characters. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really the key. And then the other part of it is that it's basically from a female perspective. And that means that even these sex scenes are shot from the female gaze versus the male gaze. Mm. So there's not like, they're really sexy and they're like disrobing from their thousand garments to like get it on. But there's not like a lingering shot on her boobs there (laughs) fully is a lingering shot on his crotch yeah yeah the crotch area sure yeah like that that region that's the female point of view though i mean that is smart um let me ask you this though and i really do i think it's smart because every time we're seeing sex scenes and i'm not a fan of sex scenes really to be quite honest most of the time they take me out of it except when you're in a show like this where it is a an organic part of the characters and the story and the time because everyone thinks this time back then was so innocent because they wore so many clothes or something but these people were raucous yeah absolutely they were like yeah. Going nuts at their art orgies and yeah, you know. all that money, nothing to do. You're all a part of court. But here's something interesting, and tell me what you think about this or your your POV on it. Uh, Shonda Rhimes, you know, everyone knows who she is. What I like here, you know, she does this thing where the queen is black, the duke is black, and no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. It's just the norm. Mm-hmm. Do you? How? Do, what's your opinion on this? And and. Because I have something to add, but I want to hear first what your opinion on it. There are plenty of, there's plenty of evidence that throughout history, there were plenty of people of color, uh, you know, around, (laughs) surprisingly. Oh my God. Right. Right. But, but the fact is that um, in our very narrow Hollywood point of view, we just haven't gotten that. And this show, um, kind of does that in a way that feels like it's it's fantastical but in reality it's not it's just kind of not adhering to the same white male <laughs> point of view i mean that sounds like a little discouraging no, you're absolutely like, right you know, people who recorded history throughout the years were mainly white and mainly men and so those are the things that they recorded and so this is just a different you know version of it and i it's it's great <laughs> yeah and i think what she's doing in in a not so subversive way which is also great is that she's normalizing equality and diversity you know yeah. it's not an issue no one's talking about the fact that the duke is black or the queen is black they're just acting as if it's a normal part of society and that i think is an important thing that more and more we start to see get integrated into tv um but shonda i'm otherwise i'm not a fan i don't like gray's anatomy i don't like a scandal i know i know i'm one of three people but is this a normal thing she does in all her shows yeah definitely i think that um 
you know, one of the reasons that Shonda Rhimes is so successful is because she doesn't avoid difficult topics. And also she really likes to present a view of the world that looks a lot like the world and not just this one narrow uh, perspective. And, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that is the reason, uh, uh, among many other things, that is one of the reasons <laughs> right. why she is so successful, because she mm-hmm. does this with also, it has the trademark Shonda Rhimes humor. It has the mm-hmm. use of music. There are all these orchestral versions of modern pop songs. That's something that she uses in all of her shows. And it just it just feels very shonda E in a fantastic way. Yeah, I, listen, I agree. I mean, in fairness, I think we have to attribute the using pop music in, uh, you know, ye times of old. Uh, <laughs> we, we would attribute that, I believe, someone, you know, correct me here if I'm wrong, to Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, the Ewan McGregor movie that he did. Sure, sure. Yeah, like Moulin Rouge. I also yes, feel like you know that the anachronistic, like some modern stuff in a period thing. Like you think about Marie Antoinette, mm-hmm. um, Sofia Coppola. Um, they don't really go to that extent. It's not like they're walking around with like iPods and, and Converse, but it definitely, in terms of some of the dialogue and the way that they talk, and then these these modern songs that we recognize, um, they're all there, and it's fun. Well, you know, uh, who else was I going to say? Um, um, I can say it. Uh, now I can't. Go on. Like, I had a whole thing queued up where I was like, okay, I got this. This is really interesting. And now I just oversold it and have nothing to say. That's okay. Interrupts me. But I, I wanted to say for Please. anyone out there who has not watched this yet, uh, although Netflix has said that 64 million households have tuned in to the show, I do not recommend tuning in with your household. Do not watch this with your parents <laughs> or your children. Not- do not do that. Absolutely do not do that. That's okay. Uh-huh. Cliff is not allowed around enough children to watch this on Netflix right now. <laughs> This is, yeah, this is going to... There we go. Yeah, no, 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 listen, I, I'm surprised it took that long for another one to come out. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. That's what they say when they kept pulling the, the bodies out of the back of your van. It's not going to stop, Gene. It's yeah. not going to stop. Yeah. Now, now, do you think that ne- do you think that Netflix knew that this... Because to me, this feels like a sleeper hit. This does not feel like uh, they were, they were you know, cocked and loaded for a... Uh, like, oh, we got a hit here. You know, it's not comic book. It's the times of old. Uh, you know, did they know, do you think, or no? I think they did, but it. But that's because Shonda Rhimes did the work beforehand to make them realize it. Uh-huh. I, I definitely heard that even, um, I think I read in an interview, maybe um, on The Hollywood Reporter or something, where even Shonda Rhimes' producing partner, Betsy Beers, had to be convinced that this was something that would do well. But then, huh. obviously, now that it has, and, and Ted Sarandos, it's like wow. Shonda convinced him that this was a thing to do. And I think once she got the green light and this ended up being um, her first Netflix project to debut. Um, I, but I feel like that was the hurdle. Once she got the green light, it was like, okay, this can't not be a hit, right? It's it's like gorgeous. It's expensive. It's Shonda Rhimes. And it's also, by the way, based on an insanely popular book series, as we mentioned, like those fans are loyal and they will tune in. And so I think it just took Shonda Rhimes to say, yes, we, we need to do this. 
for them well, to be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, she is a, uh, a bellwether. She's a tastemaker yeah. that, you know, that being said, is this, uh, the first show to come out under her half a billion dollar Netflix deal or whatever the yeah, hell she paid? It is. It's the first one to come out. It's not the first one that they even started working on. She has like a dozen or something in the works. It is, it just happened to be the first one to premiere. And I think that another reason why it did so well is because they released it on Christmas Day, which is weird because again, do not watch this with your family. Just don't do it. It is for your own sake. But yeah, it agreed. came out in a time where everybody ha- had even more time to watch Netflix than we all already did to begin with. So, Yeah, uh, for <laughs> sure. But do you think it's... um. I guess for lack of a better word, odd that the first thing after they pay her all this money, you know, which she deserves, obviously, even though I don't like anything she does except this. And and I'm in the minority. I admit that. But she deserves all the money. But after they pay her all this money, I mean, a lot of money, like like, yes. like Tom Brady so, money. So much money. <laughs> so much money. I'm, my head's still spinning from thinking yeah. about those zeros. Is it odd that she doesn't put out a show that she wrote You know what? I feel like, yeah, it's weird to think about it in that sense, but I'm sure that she has been writing other things. And I also feel like Shondaland has become a a machine, but it (laughs) still has her perspective. So even if she doesn't have her finger in, in every single thing, it's you're there. They were paying for Shonda's influence. And that is certainly what they got because there's no question that this came from Shondaland. <laughs> Listen, the first thing out of the gate is a massive hit. So, you know, yeah. obviously she's worth every penny. There's yes. no doubt. Though personally, I would have liked to see what the R-rated version of a Shonda Rhyme show is. You know, yes. like what what the Grey Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy or Scandal is on Netflix, R-rated or TVMA that we really get to stare down the barrel of. If you really want to see what an R-rated <laughs> Shonda Rhimes movie is it's just look in the mirror. Oh, oh that was not one of your best. Hey, I'm just saying, not I, one of your best. I'm trying. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna call you out I'm, though. Yeah, he's yeah. Good. listen, it's, it's fair, fair statement. No, no, no. I think I think you're absolutely right, and I want that. But also, you know, I feel like at this point in her career, Shonda Rhimes knows what she's doing. So if she you can think? impart, right, if she can impart that wisdom on all of the people who are working for her and and kind of like set them out on their own journeys, I feel like we're the better for it because we'll get more. She's only one woman. There's only so much she can do. So I like that she's delegating these to her her Listen, people. I agree, and I also want to add that I love the fact that she is lifting other writers up. You know, where she could just be promoting herself. I know a lot of showrunners and creators that only do that. They won't even allow another writer to have their name alone on a script, even if they didn't write the script. Yes, I know you some know, of those too. Yeah, I know I know a few of them. I'm not going to mention any names, but I could. And, you know, I mean, but yeah. this, is a, this is a plague in Hollywood. And then you have someone like Shonda who comes in and says, you know what? The first show I'm going to release, I'm not even writing. I'm just going to oversee and have my, you know, juju on all of it. But no. I'm going to let someone else get lifted. And now this Chris guy is a creator and a showrunner now on his own right and yeah. gaining all the accolades. So let me ask you this. Do you know um, if Shonda has a show queued up that is going to be like the Shonda Rhimes written show? <laughs> that's, that's a great 
question. Uh, I'm not sure if there are any that are like her and her alone, but I do know that she has the um, Anna Delvey show that has definitely filmed a lot, if not most. I know that they, it was stopped because of COVID and I think they went back into production, but it's the show about the scammer in New York who pretended to be like an heiress or something and scammed a bunch of rich people and also not rich people out of a ton of money. Um, who's currently like in Rikers or something. Um, I know that that is something that is, I would, I would anticipate that to premiere on Netflix this year. So that is uh, Shonda's uh, kind of six degrees of separation. Yeah. Did you ever see that? (laughs) No, it was based on the true story. Uh, Will Smith played it in the movie. Ah. Look look it up, Jason. So, but he pretended, I think, to be (laughs) Google Sidney Portier's kid or something. Like it was the same thing, and he duped all of these rich people in Manhattan out of all this money. Yes, that's exactly what it is, except with like an unassuming German girl who looked looked nice and uh, kind of flew under right, (laughs) flew under the radar and scammed a whole bunch of people. Yeah, being a Jew, there's no unsuspecting Germans. (laughs) What? No, I didn't mean that. I look like someone who came out of Schindler's List right now. <laughs> Jason, you there? Okay, so so do we have now? Now this deal is is sweeping, right? Let's forget about the money. But Shonda's deal overall, right? Do you know any of the of uh, the details on it or no? Yeah, well, the one thing that I think is lost in translation when talking about these mega deals is that they're for the show. So I do think they include like not maybe not necessarily complete production budgets, but like budgets for development and stuff so it's not like shonda's got like half a billion dollars in her in her bank account and like swims in scrooge mcduck money every night but like <laughs> I'm, certainly she has some of that but it's not like she has every penny of that right <laughs> right but it was uh, technically it's a 150 million dollar deal right right Right. And, and that is money to produce the shows too so part of what we're seeing on the screen with bridgerton comes out of that 150 million I, I believe so. Uh, some some chunk of that for sure, um, but I'm not sure uh, the specifics of it. But, okay. but I, I, yeah, and I don't I don't think it's production budget. I feel like I should stop talking about this because I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. But I do know that the, the the deals, the big mega deals, the the ones that the Shondas, the Ryan Murphys, whatever, are getting. Uh, the Greg Berlantis over at Warner brothers, they're mm-hmm. not necessarily like you get every single penny of this money. The, that, some of that money goes to other places. Okay. So here's what I know. I know that there's eight shows she has on tap for okay. Netflix and that, uh, they wooed her with the promises of a base salary and added incentives that will lift her into rare territory. So it's 150 million to start just for her. Right. Oh, good for her. Good. Yeah, like, no, really I mean, good she killed her. it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then, and listen, she's doing what she does, right? They're saying one of these shows, do you know about this? It takes place in uh, Mexican California in the 1840s. So she's got this thing about the 1800s now. Yeah. And you know what? Great. Because more period pieces not made by like stuffy old dudes is yes. great. Amen. By the way, amen. <laughs> Spoken from a stuffy white dude, you know, like amen. And and then there's, an, and, and by the way, that one in uh, Mexican California, it follows African-Americans through the uh, Jim Crow South as they move North. And then there's another one based on that Ellen Powell's memoir, the struggle for workplace inclusion for women in Silicon Valley. Do you know about that one? Oh, now that you mention it, yeah, I love it. 
you know, stories that maybe weren't, wouldn't necessarily have gotten the green light if they didn't have Shonda, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. And Shonda Land, right? I mean, without yeah. a doubt, you know, and this is what I'm saying. So you see this, you know, and, and this is really, uh, it, it is unfortunate, but it is the, uh, you know, the exception and not the rule. I mean, she is in a very rare, rare place. Yeah. Only absolutely. really up until now reserved for white dudes. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing that I think is really remarkable and wonderful about it is that I, I read an interview where she talked about like the reason that things are coming. She's she's someone who produces so much work. She's very prolific. Like think about Grey's Anatomy. She she had Grey's Anatomy and Scandal on the air at the same time, helped develop How to Get Away with Murder. And she had spinoffs and all of that. So she's used to producing a lot of content, but then it's taken a couple of years for her to actually, for anything from this deal to actually premiere. And I'm sure she was getting antsy in the meantime, but it also just means that now we have this huge backlog of all of these projects that have been in the works for a while. So now that it's started, I I don't think it's going to stop or wane anytime soon. Well, and I think it should be said, you know, because most of the time we look at these corporate, uh, you know, giants as the big ogres, you know, but in this case she was making on her ABC, did you know this? She was making on her ABC deal 10 million a year and uh, she ended up, they, ABC was, was kind enough to release her early so she could take this, 150 million. And by the way, she's got rare percentage of back end on all the programs she creates for Netflix. I, and I think that she deserves every penny because, Amen. The, right? The thing about it is that Shonda produces results. Grey's Anatomy has been on the air since 2005. Dude, my and kid watches it now. Yeah, He's it's obsessed. Still so it's still like one of the most relevant television shows on the air now. And so, she, well, she, makes stars, she, she, yes, she makes stars, but she makes stars too. She delivers hits. She delivers on those promises. And and not everything is a complete hiss, hit. Sure, she's had like one season shows that didn't, there was a legal drama that um, Reggae Jean Page, who the Duke, the hot Duke, uh-huh, uh, the he hot was Duke. on, there was like a legal drama that was one season and, mm-hmm. and well, it didn't work, but you know, she- I like that loyalty though. Him. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it, she has such a proven track record that it just makes sense to want to be in business with her. <laughs> no, it does. So now I'll ask you, cause I know I have to let you go soon. So as my last question, I want to ask you this, right? What's happening here is, and I just want your opinion on this as someone who I consider an expert in our industry is that, excuse me, Netflix will now, you know, they're going to be able to avoid these kind of steep licensing fees, right? On all these uh, future, uh, you know, hot projects from these creators and they 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 score this financial windfall. So basically to me, it feels like they're circumventing having to pay licensing fees when they buy and give Shonda Rhimes a deal like this. They're like, oh, we're going to get all your stuff now. It's all coming back to us. Do you think this is some kind of workaround? I mean, I think it's the change, the changing landscape, right? You know, that's that's out there. And I think that this has definitely been something that has been plaguing Netflix for a minute. Like, how do you properly pay writers or actors if they're not going to get residuals, right? That mm-hmm. That's something that's... So if Shonda's giving up all of that, then, you know it better it better be for a good price <laughs> yeah because well listen by the way you know the, you what you're saying is incredibly smart don't discount you know marta kaufman and all the friends creators they what do you think they all made a couple of hundred million dollars all the seinfeld people they all when it goes to syndication now we're not looking at that anymore because you know 
Eh, streamers have taken away the idea of syndication. So giving her the $150 million, it's a lot of money. But don't think she's not making that on Grey's Anatomy being syndicated and on how to get away with murder and scandal, etc. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's complicated. Streaming has changed everything and uh, the, the business models have not necessarily <laughs> followed in at the right speed. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's kind of the whole thing that we're dealing with in every industry today, right? Technology yeah. is just different. Makes we're in the middle of different. a, yeah, we're in the middle of a tech revolution. Absolutely. And we're, we're, we're watching it happen. Jason Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say thank you for doing this. Um, you guys have a, we can talk about this too, because you're doing something much more interesting this Thursday, which is talking, you're, you have your Cobra Kai episode. Oh yeah. Ooh. We're talking about Cobra Kai. We're talking about the new season, which is now on Netflix. We're talking about the other two seasons that debuted on YouTube, whatever the heck YouTube was calling itself at the time. <laughs> but what? the fact of the matter what? is Cobra Kai is great. Uh when it the first two seasons debuted at the end of last year, it was one of the top shows on Netflix for weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Cobra Kai, I enjoyed just as much as uh, as Bridgerton. Way less sex montages on Cobra Kai. Way less. That's where I checked out. And barely any training montages. It was nothing to Eye of the Tiger in either place. I would have at least settled for some. Gosh darn! Um, what is it? The uh, Oh, standing here, it's something, something there inside. Whatever that song is from Karate Kid Two, who is that? Uh, uh, Chicago, or like oh, people from? Oh, so hard, hard to say. I'm sorry. No, um, no, I was thinking of the uh, Glory Love. Love, Peter Cetera. Peter Cetera. Yeah, that's all right. We got it, Gene. You didn't have to sit there for that. Hey, listen, Gene. <laughs> I just want to be here for you. I wanted to say thank you, um, yes, especially as uh, as Cliff is trans- um, kind of transitioning into a DJ slash life coach. Um, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that you were safe and, uh, thank you so much. Gene, thank yeah, you and, 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 um, and, and he'll have your, uh, vegan smoothie up in just a second. Amazing. Um, thank you so much. Gene, Gene Bentley, Gene Bentley, <laughs> Netflix, uh, must watch Netflix edition podcast out every Thursday. Uh, check out the two Bridger- you have two Bridgerton episodes out there right now and Cobra Kai episode coming on Thursday. And, uh, very excited. Uh, Cliff Dorfman will be starring in the next season of you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you gene thank you <laughs> bye gene thank you again for being here what's up dick <laughs> we're a little loose in 21 yeah we're a little, a little loose, loose. you know what? but if you want to comfort that shit right up just take those jokes and roll them up in a good old <laughs> pair of me undies and you can actually get the pair of me undies right now with melted ice cream cones on it um is that a real thing? Yes, I think they do have melted ice cream cone. I mean, what's happening is 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 the is the heat from the nether regions melting the ice cream, or is it a complete sex entendre? Like, what's going on? Here? I think it's just. <laughs> I think it's just the just the artwork, uh, but uh, mm. it's just a thing. But right now, um, they're featuring. This is New Year, New You. Uh, still fifteen percent off your first purchases over there. But we're talking some really fun new they have they have uh constellations of bulls they have, they have orcas right now they, they have do? Tigers. No, for real they have orcas orca tigers like they have weed plants on them so if you really are like you know what i need people underneath my clothes to know what i'm smoking on the outside just in case, in case they can't smell you yeah in case they can't smell you they have weed ones 
um, or excuse me, cannabis, because that's that's the way people like it said for some reason. Really? Is that true? Yeah, yeah because <laughs> marijuana was used as kind of to inspire. It was it was specifically picked by I think Reagan or mm. one of the older ones to use as the main terminology. Maybe it was older than that. Maybe Nixon, because it's uh, it's a, a Spanish word, and so it, it it brought the idea, the concept of this is like a dirty Mexican drug. That was the concept of trying that, to do that. that and call marijuana. Sense. Unfortunately, that's what they were doing back in the day. So it's cannabis. You can cannabis. get them on your me on these. And yeah. by the way, they have the delivery thing. You do the mother. That didn't go anywhere. Nineteen ninety nine a month, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, Every absolutely. month you get new stuff delivered. And uh, if you don't like it, you can get your money back and you can keep the underwear. Yep, you can keep the underwear. They have face masks now, so you can do the face mask or what? I guess these are called. This is a weird word. I, I hadn't seen this actually until we got to the me undies. But um, <laughs> what's it? What is it called? It's called, oh, well, let's see. Hold on. Let me go back to that. Uh, a pair. It's called accessories. That's what I was looking for. Oh, I okay. lost it for a second. They do face masks and then something called a face gator. G-A-I-T-E-R-S. That's the, like where it's like the the circle where you can just pull it up because it's like a band. It's like a Ooh, big I like band. that. Yeah. So they're grad. They have MeUndies tote bags, hard sold slippers, dog hoodies, buddy bands, which are just, um, I, I don't approve of these, but some people like them. It's like the, the, the kerchief for your dog. So he, um, he looks like he's wearing a bandana. Oh, it makes me so mad. But if it was a Miandi one, I'd be mad. And then I'd, I'd be like, and then they put it on me and be like, it's like air bud. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's yeah. what I mean. I'd be angry, like an angry dog. And you put it on and it feels so soft. I'd be like, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, that's so going on right now. all of this is new for 21, right? So, and yeah. still free shipping. Still free shipping, still um, returns, the whole bit. Still, MeUndies.com, offer code STUCK. 15% uh, off. And if you want to put on all the, there's also the, all the most popular prints are now being reprinted. So that's the weed, the orcas, and these noodle ones that say send noodles. I don't know what makes that one so cool, but they're making it in robes. <laughs> I want some slippers. Yeah, right? That's uh -huh. the thing I want. I would get socks, but, you know, my wife keeps stealing my socks, and she keeps sending me pictures of them. And mm -hmm. then... Then I go sit on my couch and I find the socks like stuffed into the side because if she fall, takes naps on the couch sometimes, she'll take the so her socks off in her sleep and she'll just shut like and I it's totally and she shoves them in the cushions and shoves them in the cushions all in sleep. Stephanie, she's hoarding socks. I, I, let me tell you something before we stop talking about this. I have multiple, multiple, multiple pairs of MeUndie socks, oh. and not only are they amazingly comfortable, but on the bottom of the feet they have me in script. So whenever oh. I'm feeling lonely, I can just lift my foot and go me. And also what you'll be able to, um, you'll also be able to know which side's the top and which side's the bottom. <laughs> and on that, MeUndies.com offer code stuck 15% off. Buy it. Buy it. Thank Buy you. It. Thank and if you, you ever see um, Cliff Dorfman walking around just in a pair of MeUndies, please cross the other street and call, call the authority. Call Jason and he <laughs> will make sure that I violated my parole. <laughs> All right, you ready to get into this? Yeah, man, I'm ready. Yeah, buddy. Let's Here's an it. interesting story. Um, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend. Tanya Roberts mm -hmm. um, was announced. Tanya Roberts uh, from, if you don't remember her, she was a Bond girl in A View to the Kill opposite Roger Moore. She was also in uh, that 70s show. She played the neighbor, the neighbor mom. And oh, she, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was in the Beastmaster. So the, there were notes. Um, her, her representatives let everybody know that she passed uh, over the weekend. That's that's sad. Really sad. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out it didn't happen. So what? she's alive. She's alive. What she's the alive. Fuck? So reports of Tanya Roberts' death have been greatly exaggerated, says the rep well, who initially reported it. How can you exaggerate a death? Right. Well, There's no exaggeration. Said, you're dead or you're not dead. He said he told everybody 
that he was the, this is the same rep that actually announced this out to Why everybody. would he do this? CMZ, CNN, all that stuff. The rep had told us she died on Sunday at Cedar Sinai Medical Center, was uh, the story from TMZ. He told us Tanya's husband had informed him that Tanya had passed. Uh, we even got a quote from the rep, um, from the rep from Tanya's husband, Lance, saying, As I held her in her last moment, she opened her eyes. Now the rep tells the outlet that Robert's husband got a call just after 10 a.m. Monday from the hospital saying Tanya was alive. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, she's been alive. She actually just opened her eyes. She didn't pass. Um, yeah. Did somebody, wait, wait, I'm sorry. She was in the hospital? Yep. And when you're in the hospital, I've been in the hospital, you are hooked up to monitors. Right. So, because she opened her eyes, who assumed he was dead? Like, is the husband looking to get out of the marriage that bad? Like, oh, she's dead. Well, yeah. So here's, here's what, <laughs> what the fuck? So there's a big, there's a big, like, uh, like conversation problem here because the rep <laughs> doesn't think? want to get in trouble. I'm sure the rep is in a lot of trouble, right? Like his name is Mike. Not fired. What's yeah. his name? His name's Mike Pingle, uh, <laughs> P-I-N-G-E-L, Mike Pingle. And uh, Mike, Mike, so after this got announced that he was wrong, um, today, uh, about half an hour ago, um, Mike Pimble called TMZ to say her domestic partner, Lance, was at the hospital Sunday when he saw Tanya's eyes closed. For some reason, he thought she was dead and left devastated. Um, uh, what's unclear, why did Lance think she was dead as opposed to just sleeping? Pingle does not know if Lance spoke to any medical staff before leaving, and Lance isn't answering his phone now for clarification. And Pingle said... Uh, tell us that Lance, uh, he picked up, he, he picked Lance up from the hospital and he said, she died in my arms. Um, so I don't know what's going on. If Mike Pingle, like just injected like an air bubble in and like walked the fuck out of there. I have so much to say about this. The first thing I'll say is that I feel as if with this mustache, I should be Cliff Pingle. Pingle was arrested today. Pingle was arrested today on counts of eight charges of sodomy. You know, like that sounds with that name. Should sound like Cliff Pingle was arrested today. Yeah, because yeah, like, I want to yell at you, like as is like Pingle. I told you to organize the dildos by color then length, not the other way around. Pingle, what are you doing now? Go clean out the clean out the stalls. I mean, but also you want to talk about the most insane wish it and it will be so. You want to talk about like the wish stone. I mean, this guy's like, I'm just going to wish real hard she's dead. I'm going to tell everyone she's dead and maybe she'll just be dead. I mean, yeah. thank God she's alive. Yeah, but absolutely. what the hell? Yeah, she's fine. Like, she's not, she's not dead at all. Yeah. No, you didn't hear a monitor. You didn't hear that like beep, no, like nothing. He saw her eyes closed and just left. No, I thought it, her eyes were closed and then they opened. Oh, yeah, so they, they opened. opened but, then, but then they closed again. And he just oh, walked up. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, well, he's, she's dead. We're done. Like, yeah. scene, I'm out. You realize that there's, like, and he's not answering his phone? Yeah. And and Lori says here, publicity, I thought, right? I mean, that could be, you know, very easily, but we weren't talking about it before. So, I mean, if this is what you went for, I mean, it worked, I guess. <laughs> but, man, that is, that is, that is, I want, let's do a follow-up on that, can we, Jason? Happy New Year. Well, yeah, I will do, I'll, I'll keep following up on this news. <laughs> but just think about how interesting this is. 2020, dead. Mm -hmm. 2021, alive. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be All a good right. year. Tanya, Tanya Roberts, Tanya Roberts now officially the, the 2021 Groundhog. She saw her, she saw her death shadow. Um, uh, <laughs> There's Nancy say Jason porn video store owner, Cliff yeah. the creepy cashier. Yeah, that, well, that was what we were, those were the characters we were just playing when I was telling you to organize the dildos. <laughs> I get um, it. <laughs>
Um, but I would just say she's the, the she's the groundhog. So she saw her she saw the sha- she walked through the shadow of the valley of death and she came out alive on the other side. Twenty twenty one is going to be a good year. Twenty twenty one, man. Everyone only eighteen more weeks of quarantine. Like probably eighteen more months of weeks of quarantine. Weeks, but, you know, yeah. But whatever. Okay, fine. All right. Is that do we have any more news or is that uh, the biggest got, um, news? That's that's the best news. <laughs> yeah, that, that really is the best news. By the way, she was resurrected. No, there's a couple little things that I want to bring up that. Um, I just think are interesting, but I don't want to get too gossipy about it. Um, But I thought this one was interesting because we're big Ted Lasso fans. And and we were watching Ted Lasso. And as you know, part of the storyline in Ted Lasso is uh, Jason Sudeikis is going through a breakup um, and a a divorce and, um, you know, just finds out it's just not the right thing. It's not working. It turns out Jason Sudeikis uh, separated from Olivia Wilde in November around that same time that that show was going on and going on in full blast, which must have been weird for Jason, which understands why he's on Twitter liking all our posts all the time. Uh, okay. Turns out Olivia and... She's already in another relationship. Oh, yeah. She's, she's been in a relationship since November, but it's with uh, Harry Styles. I mean, I can't blame her for that. I can't blame her that either. I mean, no. uh, you know, I'm going Beautiful out with man. Harry Styles if he asks. Oh, yeah, I get I, I'm I get not going to put out, but I'm going out with him. Yeah, I'm going on a few dates. I'll put out. I don't for care. sure. For sure. For I'm, I'm not on the first date, not on the second, but on the third for sure. He's very charming. And with Gusto. Yeah, absolutely. Talented, charming. You can, I mean, that's a rough one because you got Jason Sudeikis, who is a overall genius. And, Harry, and he's a good-looking dude overall. He's just not Harry Styles good-looking. No, and, and they're both so talented, but I mean, Harry Styles. I mean, you know, that guy's a hairless boy wonder. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't you can't really beat that guy. So now Jason has to go out with like, uh, you know, Madison Beer, Billy yeah, Eilish. I mean, I think he'll go a little older than Billy Eilish. I feel like he's more like he likes the because he's a he'll, real man. He's, he's a, a real guy, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, uh, yeah, I think that we'll find we'll find a rock star for him to date. So wait, so is Olivia Wilde the cougar in this scenario? Yep, technically. So she basically, they ended this. We don't, don't know care. what, they, yeah, they, I don't they care. ended in November, but right. and we don't know what happened. I don't want to get into that. Right. I don't care about that. But then she, boom, just jumped in with Harry Styles. Yeah, they were in a movie together. This is a, like a, might be a, um, kind of like a Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie situation. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to say to you. Did you see Bookworms? Yes. I loved it. it was so you good. Did? She was so good. Yeah. She was great. Horrible. Walked out you of the theater. Hated it. I, I oh, think I, there's I, nothing I, about you, it that's good. You know what? I saw it on TV. I saw it on, um, a plane. So maybe that's part of the reason I loved it so much. I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was like a, like a, a super bad for the ladies. I found it haughty and pretentious. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I walked out uh, midway through and listen, there's certain actors don't direct. That's mm-hmm. all. Just don't direct. I mean, there, there was no narrative hand in that movie. So, you know, that being said, uh, while she's a you mean ma- book smart, right? Book smart. Yeah, whatever. You see, that's how much it didn't affect me. Uh, and, and let me say this, that she is a fantastic actor, Olivia yeah, Wilde. I think she is top shelf acting. Just maybe don't direct. I liked it. You I know, it. but you, did you? I was on a plane. I don't remember not liking it. You were on a plane. Yeah. Okay, but that, that, that says fair. a lot. Those girls in that movie were a little old for your mustache, weren't they? Um, oh. Oh, hey, boom, boom, boom. Okay. <laughs> We got the, the laugh track now, but you know, Jason Sudeikis, he's got a show to go bury his head in for the next two seasons. That's true. That is true. And I bet we're going to have a hell of a second and third season. You know, I hate that he might be going through any pain, but God knows that's where all the great art comes yeah. from. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to the next season. Oh, I can't wait. But I thought that was interesting just because there was that parallel while he's going through it. He's got to watch it on TV, him go on over it with his, uh, his, uh, movie. Movie wife. The Diamond too. Dogs. I wonder if they helped. Diamond Dogs. I wonder if they helped uh, console ooh, him. Ooh, ooh. Diamond Dogs. All right. Ooh, ooh. All right. 
last little piece of news, and then we could do a little bit of content, but I want to, you know, I want to save a little bit of content for Wednesday. But um, yes, it looks like Roku, the app, the, 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 the player that also has a channel, it looks like they are potentially going to buy um, all of the Quibi stuff. Oh, they're going to buy that, that half-assed library? Yeah, they're going to buy the, 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 the ten-minute stuff. The ten-minute stuff, but it looks like it's going to go to the the Roku channel. Um, I'm sure they're going to get a deal because I think that's like one point. Like I'm reading here that I don't think that all of this went to the content, but 1.75 billion in uh, in content originally put through. Um, I'm sure Roku is going to get like pennies on the dollar to buy this stuff. Yeah, but you know the smartest thing they could do if Roku buys it is now cut it all together so they make feature length or full length content and not 10 minute clips like put it all together like it was supposed to be yeah no well i think that there's a couple options and one i'm just i i haven't wa- put all these things on here uh but <laughs> no <laughs> uh, no no Nancy. Lori, Lori, they're just being funny um we will do a valentine's show by the way Lori. we'll figure out something um <laughs> and, but uh i here's the other thing i think if you have roku put you have have you do you have you don't have a roku Basically, it has like a, a menu and stuff, and there's like this little sidebar that has like featured stuff. I think it would be great to have like like um, and I, maybe this won't work because people get annoyed by the sound. But you know how like when you go to the gas station, you have like gas station TV, mm. and it's just while you're filling up. Like it would be interesting for them to like plop some Quibi little small piece of Quibi content on that like main page that you can mm. kind of just like automatically if you don't know what you want to watch right now, just watch not, Reno Nine Eleven for five minutes before you while you're looking while you're searching. That's a smart idea, Jason. I have to say, I'd like to make fun of you or that idea, but I can't. It's a it's a very good, smart idea and a very smart way to use that kind of library. I guess we'll call it. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what else to call it, man. I mean, I can't really. You know, I had an idea with my friend Chloe. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just gonna say because there's a status thing. Mustache doesn't beat beard, right? Like, (laughs) no. In the order, rock paper scissors. The beard beats the mustache. Yeah, beard covers mustache. <laughs> okay, so I told everyone about Britannia, so I'm not going to get too into that, but I finished it. And the season two, I hope there's going to be a season three, but the season two season finale is absolutely amazing. That's all I'm going to say about that because we did a deep dive on it. Right? I'm not going to, you know, over and over. But if you're not watching it, it's very good to watch. But what I got turned on to by someone, on, but first of all, it was you first. For the last year, you've been telling me to watch Legion. And apparently at some point you did tell me it was Noah Hawley or Hawley that was the creator and the showrunner and writer, yeah. et cetera. It was back uh, in the Cliff Dorfman days when you could just uh, pretend like you were typing or rearranging your crystals and going, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, Noah Hawley. I got a crystal. Um, this dick. <laughs> this dick. Dick. Yes. So, uh, where are my crystals? <laughs> I need my crystals. Uh, so I started watching Legion. Uh, I, we, uh, your wife and I, Stephanie, did a talk on stereo, and one of the listeners there told me it was Noah Hawley. And uh, then it, you know, I heard you screaming in the background, I've been telling you to watch that. So <laughs> I said, okay, I just finished Britannia and I turned on Legion. And I, I understand I'm late to the party on it, but wow. Right. Whoa, this thing. First of all, Rachel Keller, who was the secretary in the Betty Broderick Betty story, Broderick. which we loved, she is, and now she's one of the leads in Michael Mann's new pilot, Tokyo Vice. Oh, wow. Good for her. She deserves Max. it. She really deserves it. She's a really great actress, and she can, you think like, 
and I, I, I don't want to say this the way it's going to sound like you, you see her in Be- Betty Broderick. She's got layers. She's not just a pretty face and you know, she's, no. she's very good at like getting into these roles. The role that she has in Legion is so cool and weird. And some of the stuff she has to do is so weird and awesome. Like as this thing goes on. Uh, yeah. So I started it and the pilot episode I will say is one of the most unique pilots I've seen in a very long time. I kept thinking to myself, how did this look on the page? Right. And I, I rarely think that. Is the dance sequence in the pilot? Oh yeah. Okay. The dance sequence is in the pilot. I mean, in the in and out of the world, you know, it's one thing to say we're going to write a show about consciousness and the astral plane and alter egos. It's another thing to do it and make it visual. You know, Jermaine is in there. I mean, come on. He plays Oliver. Jermaine, what's his name? Jermaine uh, from, oh, from Flight of the Concords. Clements. Yeah. And what we do in the shadows. He's in it. I mean, brilliant. And, and on top of it, you know, the, the, it could so easily be a mess. You know, because you're dealing with, let's give the premise. Jason, you give the premise because you love this show, right? You've been trying yeah. to get me to watch it for a while. So the premise is there's this guy, um, and he's based, this is all based off a Marvel comic called Legion. So that's the the funny thing is, like, if I tell you all the lore to this, everybody will go, oh, I roll. But this is the son of uh, Professor X, right? Who is, uh, and they don't really go over that, but basically he's this kid. Oh, that's he, who he is? The son yeah, of Professor X? That's dope. He's the son of Professor X. Um and uh, but basically, he's this kid that kind of kind of grows up in this weird world where things just start happening in, to him. Like he can't really figure out what's going on. He's able to control certain things, but he also has like some sort of schizophrenia. But they don't really describe that at the beginning. He's just kind of nuts, and he's able to like telepathically do some stuff. So he ends up in a an asylum where he meets uh, a woman who can't touch him because if she touches him, they'll switch places. Like they switch consciousness, um, and so. And she's, he's also got a best friend that is Aubrey Plaza, who he met in the asylum, but is also kind of a avatar for an old friend that he had and grew up with. And so um, uh, they, you know, and basically they break out or they get out of the asylum and basically find that they're in this war against this another group. And basically this is like a pseudo X-Men, but a group of people with special powers, very unique to this world that um, that are kind of trying to fight this government organization. But when I tell you it that way, it feels very, very nerdy, but this is an exploration of consciousness. This is a, uh, this is an exploration of me too, uh, like in a weird, in an interesting way, because it talks about what we do, what we're doing to ourselves, what people are doing to us. Mm. Uh, there are some really interesting themes here. It's, uh, it's beautifully shot to kind of have this cool seventies vibe kind of mixed with the modern day aesthetic. Yes. Um, it's got the, the wife from, um, the, the league in it. And she has a really cool role. Kate Azelton. Married to Mark Duplass. Yeah. Uh, she's great in it. Uh, Jermaine Clement, like we said, is in this. There's a lot of great people in it. Um, and they all kind of play multiple roles within the system. But there's basically, you know, if you get down to it, it's 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 this guy versus this uh, this kind of the Yellow King type guy, but this this kind of mystical creature in somebody else's mind. But it's so much more than all this. Think if you took all of what I'm saying and like applied it through that lens of somebody who would create a show as deep, but also... Uh, visually stunning as uh, Fargo. And you kind of get an idea of just how cool the show is. That's why it was hard self to even to Cliff. And I understand that. It's like, watch another superhero show, this time on FX. Yeah. Okay, but here's what I'll say, and I know we have to go. 
if you look at it this way, imagine a show that's about mental illness. Imagine if you were told your entire life that you were crazy, you were schizophrenic, that the voices you were hearing were in your head, the hallucinations were part of paranoid delusions based on your schizophrenia, you have spent your entire life in a hospital only to find out that the voices are real, you're not crazy, and you're the most powerful mutant in the world, and we're just starting to collect mutants. That's what is interesting about this show. And we'll talk more about it as we go, because I know we're out of time. What a great day. What a great show. What a great start to 21. I agree. I couldn't couldn't ask for anything more than today. I'm so excited. Um, I love your mustache, and I'm just waiting. You know, I'm really excited for um, you go to that uh, hairspray uh, fan uh, collective. Like, you're going to do one of those things, right? We're going to read from Pink Flamingos. Me and Travolta. Ranger <laughs> Volta is going to feed me chocolate chip cookies while we do it. All right, everybody, stay safe, stay staying, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. I'll talk to you soon.